Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hi, everyone. So the season's in its final throes, and we're in the penultimate mini double game week of the season, where brutal binaries of owning and not owning yet again dictate fortunes. It's a week of something ultimates, actually. We reach the penultimate game week of the season next weekend. And also in this, the anti-penultimate WTA of this campaign, things start to wind down. And thoughts start to turn to not having a double game week every bloody weekend to contend with as you reach the season's ultimate climax. Oh, sounds like bliss, doesn't it? Anyway, apologies. Uh, we're back a day later this week. A mixture of childcare needs and spousal birthdays meant we thought we'd just put it back to the Tuesday, which was also allowed the Liverpool game to occur and my mood to slightly brighten uh, after, well, brighten on Sunday. Uh, I'm back this week with Lucy as per. You all right? Well, relegation was finally confirmed for Saints, so I've had better weekends, it <laughs> has to be said. Um, it was all on FPL to cheer me up about football, and as I didn't own Wilson, that plan didn't get on off, didn't get off to a particularly good start. Uh, but I'm sure we'll find some positives somewhere. Uh, we ha- we are who got the assist. You can find Tom on the main account at WGTA underscore FPL. And you can find me, Lucy, at Lucy Hynett with two Ts. On the pod today, we'll discuss double game week 37, including our key thoughts and players pending the news on Rashford's injury. We'll talk about full popcorn mode with things perhaps formulaic again with the key targets identified for double game week 37. Should we just enter full popcorn mode, whatever that means. And looping back to last week, we'll talk about our end of season goals. What goals are we and you still focusing on with so little of the season left? And what might you do differently if you're pivoting between them? As Tom said, we're recording on the evening of Tuesday the 16th of May with Brighton and Newcastle still to play. Oh, excellent. Let's just quickly do a couple of interim bits of housekeeping. The first thing is mini league update very quickly. Um, I'm just going to mention that basically the top four is absolutely crazy at the moment. Just nine points separate the top four and just 28 points separate the top 10. So it's literally anyone's league right now. Uh, coming up from, sorry, falling down from seventh uh, to 10th. It's haven't got, haven't jot a clue, Peter Stead. 70 points this week for Peter. Uh, in ninth, up from 15th, it's Mark James Exeter, please. So I don't think he's been in the top 10 before. So well done, Mark. Bash your way up from 15th. In seventh, up from 10th, it's Sean Allen. 80 points for Sean this week. In seventh, up from ninth, uh, joint seventh from Sean, that would be then FPL Edison, 31. In sixth, up from eighth, it's Jan Vakonja with NK Sintagraba. 
And fifth up from sixth, Zishan Bimani, 82 points, and the top four have not moved. In fourth is Mikdel Nesvik at 84 points with being alone at FC. In third, it's the former leader, Mark Bleakley, 4-2 next his team is now. He used to be the semi-enders, I think. 76 points for Mark. And second is Josiah Veradezdian, 75 points this week. And up top, it is Blaze Pakosdi. The, uh, the, the guy messaged me uh, and uh, excused me for mangling his name to keep up the good work. So, yeah, very kind of you. Uh, well done, Blaze. Uh, just three points, though, ahead of Josiah and just five points ahead of Mark. So really going to be quite thrilling as we get towards the end of the season. And also the the uh, the market forces this week, unsurprising. We've still got another game to go on Thursday, so we need to see how that goes. But Ilkay Gundogan can't a lot of interest. He's done load of points, uh, two hundred and thirteen thousand chances in for Gundogan at the time of recording. The main four guys being Rashford and Martinelli, two hundred eighty thousand sales for Martinelli for, for Rashford, sorry, and one hundred and fifty thousand for Martinelli. I think it's Martinelli's season. We're not sure where that is at the moment. Rashford, no, no idea what's going on with his injuries. We'll discuss in a bit. So, it kind of makes sense, I guess, if people are jumping early. Elsewhere, you've got lights of Shaw, Fernandez being brought in. Over hundred thousand managers have brought those guys in, and Estupini and seventy-five thousand managers brought him in off the back of his seventeen pointer, I think it was, and uh, Ezzy as well. Eighty thousand managers have brought him in, just in great form, effectively uh, sold to make up the difference. The likes of March, Tony, and Grealish. Right, uh, mid-game week, got one more game to go. But Lucy, how have you got on? Uh, well, I was going to get my rant out of the way because I need to. Um, Wilson, right? <laughs> Spent the last pod saying, Wilson, he's quite a good pick if you can get to him. Yes, get to him. What did neither of us do? Buy him. And the worst bit about that haul, and it wasn't just that Leeds seemed compelled to give away stupid penalties, but the fine margin involved with Wilson just about to be subbed. Mm. And then that penalty happens. And presumably, Isaac would have deputised if Wilson had been subbed before it was given. Um, which would have justified all of the hunches about Isaac's better minutes and how that might lead to more points. Yes. But there we go. That's FPL for you. Uh, well done to anyone that bought him. I know there was quite a lot of captainers around there. If you did buy him, I think a lot of people were tempted to captain him. Um, so well done to those people. I'm not in the bit bitter, um, as you can tell. Um, anyway, apart from that, David Rea continues to be an absolute hero, coming off my bench with a seven-pointer, and uh, Watkins auto-subbed in for Rashford, which could have been a lot worse. Um, and then, of course, I have the Estepinian 17-pointer, which I think you'll be grateful if I don't talk about too much. So um, that leaves me on 78 points going into the second half of the double game week which is a point above my required safety score meaning I'm on a very small green arrow basically in large part due to Salah and Trent last night I was on a red until then um, so it's not going well it's not going terribly um, and it's all going to depend on whether Wilson fancies doing the same again or not really how about you um, not as well unfortunately um, I didn't have Wilson I know also didn't have Estepinian uh, which the, those two together not owning them it's been a bit crap I'm down from 13k to 18k so it's not not too terrible but still undoubtedly a little bit annoying uh, after kind of a small green arrow last week I was hoping that you know it'd be the end of the rot and um, but hey it's just not quite happened I mean, I, I'm still loving the irony that this week was billed as the biggest bench headache of all and it's turned out that the benches were very much needed so I you did too, didn't you? I did, yeah. So I didn't have KDB and didn't have uh, Rashford. And 
So they've got Dunk six pointer with whatever he gets on against Newcastle and Rico Henry six, both coming off the bench. Obviously, I last week was was fairly effusive that Pep would play KDB. So um I'm now sheepishly accepting bench points. <laughs> and but you know, hey, there we go. I think when he didn't start, I thought, okay, Rico Henry, it's time to step up and step up. He did. Um I did two chances this week. I did I Isak in for Slanky as build. And then as mentioned on the pod last week, I did the Haya and Ferreira just ahead of some of the in league angst, uh, which come on to in just a bit. However, obviously that's actually led me down one point, I think. So, hey, there we oh. go. Um, so I've got Dunk, Matoma, McAllister, Trippier, Botman is our captain left to play. Um, but yeah, overall, it wasn't great. There was no opinion, no Wilson. Um, and the returns I got, Trent, Salah, Isaac, Holland, Dunk and De Gea were either returns everyone got or in the case of Duncan De Gea, matched or better by competitors such as Estu Shaw and uh, Raya, if you look at the transfer I made. So it was one of those again where I tweeted before the game week, just looking at the EOs, that it was yet another week where most of us own the same, same players and uh, I got a bit of stick for it. But I mean, it's just one of those, isn't it, where uh, it's, it's definitely annoying. And then it, it just feels like the, how the last few weeks have gone that the one player that I don't own seems to have gone off or in this case two players and seems to have gone off and really gone off to such a punishing extent so um, it will be a very uh, a fairly big green arrow this week I think but sorry fairly big red arrow of wishful thinking um, but we shall see <laughs> cool right well the first thing to do is just uh, mention uh, that you're uh, you're, you're, you're going to be the well, following the footsteps of every other single bloody co-host I've had and bugger off at the end of the season aren't you yeah, but you shouldn't take it personally because it's quitting the entire game, not just the pod. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's uh, what's what's the deal? Uh, tell the people who aren't on Twitter what's what's going on. Okay, well, as you know, and probably a lot of people I discuss FPL with, I have been mulling this over for a little while, um, just because I haven't really enjoyed the game for, I would say, a fair few months. Maybe not. I'm not sure how much I've enjoyed it for the whole season, to be honest. But it's definitely kind of got worse as the season's progressed and this week as I considered Saints fate I thought I'd probably just make the commitment now that I don't think I'll be playing or I won't be playing next season um I have no idea if it'll kind of sort of change my psychology for the for the final weeks um but as I mentioned early, on earlier podcasts, I think some of the issues that I'm struggling with are peculiar to this season. So especially around soft pricing and the fixture scheduling as a result of, you know, all those double game weeks. But I think there are some trends that seem fairly permanent and I don't know how healthy those trends are for the enjoyment of like long-term engaged players. Um, you know, I think we're we're talking continually about EO and, and the force of the herd and people copying content all the time and I think those trends are only going to become more strong and I think there have been a number of really good players that have struggled this season not because they lack ability but basically because they've got bad luck and the herd is pretty powerful now um so yeah that combined with the fact that I now have got the misery of my team no longer playing in the league so I, I think my focus will naturally shift away from the Premier League and more towards mm-hmm. championship football I've kind of said fairly consistently that for me, FPL is the the secondary interest that comes from my love of football, and I just don't think I'll be spending as much time watching Premier League football. So yeah, I think that's that's pretty much where I've come to. Um, initially, definitely ne- not playing next season, and and then I'll just see how I feel about it after that. I think. 
Yeah, that certainly makes sense. So the HP Weaver said that we'd be having a leaving do for Lucy at the end of the season after FPL retirement announcement. Been a great pod double blacks. Thank you both. And under Michael Corella asks, is Lucy really retiring from FPL? How long for? What could change her mind? Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like, it feels like the, the Southampton first sort of thought process is what's a, a bit of an underlying, an undercurrent to this. And I think maybe that that, naturally would mean as you say you don't watch that much Premier League football and it would just be you'd be playing FPL sort of piecemeal and it's not it doesn't seem like that that is quite like the sort of person you are in terms of this sort of thing like you would be able to just kind of play a little bit like you want to be all in or you want to just kind of not have any part of it at all is, is that kind of right? Yeah I mean a lot of people said to me oh Lucy just if you're not enjoying it that much why don't you just play a bit more casually and just sort of you know spend half an hour on a Friday and I, I just can't do that. Like, if you can play casually, I think that's the best play, way to go from, from now on because I think the game is moving in such a way that it probably doesn't need that much of your time. Um, So if you can do that, go for it. Um, But as you just said, I'm a bit of a kind of all or nothing kind of character, so I can't really do that. And I just don't think it's particularly worthwhile. So, yeah, I'd rather just not bother. Um, Yeah, as I said, I don't know if it will change. Um if Southampton were lucky enough to be promoted, would I, would I think differently? Don't know. Are Southampton going to be promoted again? I very much doubt it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I just I feel very um, like kind of disillusioned, I guess. So yeah. there didn't seem much point in carrying on. No, fair play. I mean, the FPL Focal did say today that there's apparently some big changes afoot, which may kind of uh, rekindle my interest a bit because I've kind of tracked you a little bit. I'm not sure it's just kind of contagious cynicism. <laughs> I certainly um, have felt that this season's been more of a more of a trudge than others. Even though this season I'm doing well compared to other seasons where I've been kind of you know, oh you know I'm looking for the next big thing to kind of catapult me up the ranks and chase and chase and chase and maybe it's losing the thread of the chase, but also it has been all those factors we've spoken about. I know I, I do. It, it depends what they do over the summer, really. And I, I think that that might kind of, for long term engaged players, I mean, yes, you're obviously stepping back of, for someone like me who's um, kind of feeling a bit disengaged of this season, but hoping that it's kind of the peculiarities of the season that are forcing that. I, I'm just hoping that if they do kind of make some changes, they're going to be changes which basically encourage choice and kind of yeah. make that choice viable. I was like, thinking about that, but. I don't know what they could change to force choice because I think you're exactly right that it's the lack of choice that's made it so kind of trudgy and boring and a bit of a grind. Mm. But I don't know really what they could do within the kind of general confines of the existing game because I, I think it's unrealistic to expect they'll change it that significantly that it kind of changes the no, broad yeah. mechanics of the game because they're, they're so into people being engaged and the more complex you make it, the less accessible it is. I know. I mean, things like, for example, I, I looked at a few of the answers to that thread and things like, you know, changing captaincy mid-game week. I don't think that sort of thing is what they're going to go for. That's a very sky sort of thing. Remember when we were playing the fantasy Bundesliga uh, before the Premier League restarted? Like, it was literally like that. You can make you could make subs, change your captain and stuff at the start of lit- every literal game during the game week. So you could be a ridiculously active manager. But it just... I think that that goes against that sort of casual, as you say, mentioned that inclusive sort of ethos that the Premier League go for. I think there are a couple of things they could do. Like I've I've mentioned these in the past. The first thing with the chips, I think what could be interesting is if they had like a, uh, maybe this is something that would be too complex for for people, so they probably wouldn't do it, but like a chip menu rather than just having like four chips everyone's got. So you have like say five or six chips 
that could possibly be used, but you only can use three of them, say, during the season. So it's up to you which ones you use at which time. You know, a friend of the pod, uh, Mitchell Sterling, suggested to me earlier, you know, a mulligan chip, for example, could be an extra chip that could be in the kind of on the menu that you could potentially use where you can make a change or two kind of to your team post deadline. So you rescue a massive haul off your bench or something like that. I mean that that could be something that would be quite interesting. So you have triple caps in bench boost. Um free hit plus a few others it's up to you when you use them but you can use three of them and that's it but that could be a really interesting way of changing the game up a little bit and the other thing is something i've written about again in the past which is expanding that bonus system to reward all kinds of players so um i think that, that could create a really interesting scenario for managers so if, if for example in midfield uh, if there's more midfielders who just are completely irrelevant to the game than anyone else just because there are more midfielders in the game for one and two they're just loads of midfielders who don't do any points really apart from appearance but what if for example a defensive midfielder or a midfielder who plays in the middle but doesn't really kind of contribute much to in terms of the end product but just keeps the team going over it takes the tempo um was rewarded or in the in the mix to be rewarded with bonus every week so you had a defensive midfielder who cost five um a classic example would be a Kante, but you know what i mean who averaged say three or four points per game week versus um, a midfielder getting attacking returns. So maybe there'll be a choice that a manager can make there between those two, between the ceiling and the floor being higher. Um, that could, again, be a little tweak they could make, which could probably make things a little bit better. But there are a few things they can do. Um, pricing isn't their, isn't their fault this year. I think we do have to let them off a little bit, apart from Rashford, potentially. Uh, we do have to let them off. Um, but I think the next year, hopefully, pricing will, again, force choice. But it depends if they're going to be... Um, bold or cowardly when it comes to the likes of Holland's price uh, to see if it again forces choice. I very much doubt it, uh, but we shall see. We shall see. Uh, hopefully if, if things do change a lot, I think that may reignite my enthusiasm for this game. Um, obviously with Lucy leaving, I am uh, still going to stay for a couple more episodes to the end of the season, I hope. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, I'm yeah. running away straight right no. now. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, obviously um, what the pod looks like next year, I'm not sure yet. I haven't really had time to think about it, to be honest. Obviously, Things have changed a lot for me personally, with a little baby to parent and trying to fit in family work and the pod is definitely a, more of a challenge than it ever was before. And I'm afraid FPL now comes a distant third to the other two. Um, so I'll, I'll do some thinking over the next few weeks and about what I do and what the future looks like, basically. Um, but hey, there we go. Just thought we'd let you know. Right, so shall we move away from this and move back to FPL? Um, double game week 37, the home straight, Lucy. We're on the home straight now. Um, well, what's your sitch with this? Um, I guess we're obviously awaiting sort of Rashford news, but yeah. I mean, we've got is it United, City, Brighton, and um, who cares about Chelsea? Let's just ignore that. We're not yeah, going to go into that. that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, those three teams are in it. I mean, what's your situation with that? How are you set up? Um, I'm a bit of a disaster, actually. Um, <laughs> trying to put a positive gloss on it, but I can't. Um, so after I sold Bruno a few weeks ago because he was injured, but he wasn't actually injured. Um, he's kind of my priority transfer to get back in. Um, at the moment, I literally only have Rashford um, from United. That's clearly not enough. Um, the unfortunate thing about this is that I am probably looking at all the kind of avenues I've got. I'm probably going to have to let go of Trent to fund it, which I really don't want to do. Um, but it's either it's either sell Trent or sell Salah. And at the moment, I think I'm more scared of Salah than I am of Trent. Maybe that'll change. Maybe it was Salah. Basically... One of the Liverpool guys needs to go. Um, I would like to have just got rid of Watkins and just downgraded him. But the thing is, if I do that, I just kill his spot rather than enhancing his spot. 
Whereas I can sell Trent for someone like Shaw, who I'm also exposed to, and kind of do the the yeah. double hit, if that makes sense. So yeah. I'm not feeling particularly comfortable about any of my kind of avenues. Um, I am slightly wondering if I would benefit from Rashford being out because it would push Bruno Rashford owners to do something with Rashford while I could do Rashford to Bruno. So I kind of would gain a bit of ground a bit. Um but yeah, I'm not in an ideal situation. Um, I have got Grealish, but I haven't got anyone from the City defence. And I'm now in a situation where I don't know where Grealish will play many minutes and I don't know who from the City defence will play many minutes. Um, I think City in general now, have, because of, unfortunately, Arsenal's collapse for the title, are going to be in a position where they win the league a little bit earlier than we expected. And I think that's going to bring more rotation than we perhaps expected for this game yeah. week in 38. So that's unfortunate and that makes me a bit confused about who to buy from City. I haven't ruled out buying Edison. Um, so yeah, I I couldn't actually be I mean, I've got the triple Brighton, but I assume basically everyone has. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I couldn't be I couldn't be pretty much worse set than I am right now, if I'm honest. Yeah. So feeling feeling chipper. Feeling great as usual. It's been the theme of the last few weeks. I'm I'm in a fairly similar position. I've got the I've got the hair, so I've got kind of the Man United defence cover settled. Um I've got KDB um, limping on in my team. Um, I'm hoping he plays against Chelsea or Brighton. So again, you've probably got a single game week there. I've got my triple Brighton. That's pretty much it, apart from Haaland. So I'm in a similar sort of situation where I think I'm going to have to, especially because I've only got one free transfer now, I think I'm going to have to try to be happy with one United, one or two, if Rashford's fit, two, three United, but if not, just two United and be happy with two City players. Like I just don't think that defence is going to be I wouldn't want to overexpose myself to the pet roulette, basically. Um, but it's interesting what you're saying about selling uh, Trent, uh, Sam FPL Pricey, a fellow despondent saint. <laughs> he asked, how are you both feeling about holding or even buying Liverpool assets due to the lack of a double? And to be honest, if Rashford is fit, my route to Bruno, who I think probably is going to be the big miss if I can't get there. I've got another, I've got another kind of alternative to Rashford who I've mentioned in a bit, but my route to get to Bruno is to sell Salah and then basically sell KDB to Salah in 38. So kind of just do a bit of a, a hokey pokey to make that sort of work. Um, but I mean, Bruno's numbers, we, we know he's basically like a bit of a ketchup bottle about to explode really in those different ways. Um, and I just think, I feel like he's probably the one to be looking at just because you know, Bournemouth and Chelsea, good double, no bones about it. I mean, I'd ideally like that. I, I did like three United players, four at one defensive and two attacking. It's just whether I want to take the hit and whether I want to, it depends on what my, what I think my main league rival is going to do as well, which again, we'll kind of get into in a bit. So like Sakindran Puvandran also said, um, you know, with Rashford and Martinelli, he's got, would you be looking at a hit this week? And it does feel like for some people, it might be worth, as you said last week, kind of slightly reorienting your team, just hoping you get that payoff in one week, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, to loop back to Sam's question, I would, in an ideal world, like to keep Liverpool, but I think lots of people are going to be in our situation where Liverpool are the kind of obvious sells, just because you have so much money wrapped up in them. Um, for buying, I don't think they're a priority this week if you aren't already on them. But I think, as you said, Southampton in 38, is a pretty good opportunity. So maybe if you don't have them this week, you have them next week. Um, as a regards hits, um, I'm not really against them. I think high ceiling double game week is a justifiable. 
but you should, and I know you should assess each hit on its own merits. But I think looking at a lot of scenarios, a lot of people are considering city midfielders. And I think that's where you get into slightly shaky territory when it comes to kind of considering hits because they're a massive lottery. And I don't know whether your psychology is you, you buy two tickets and hope that that puts you in a better chance of getting a return out of it or you or you just hold back. Um, but I would be slightly wary as much as if you hit these city players correctly, they could be mm. massive. I think they could also backfire on you and you could end up with like a you know 20 minutes each game and wonder what you've done. Yeah, I mean, as someone holding KDB and maybe potentially, I don't know if you'd get there from uh, Grealish, uh, but I mean, KDB to Bruno, if I put that into review, that's what it tells me to do. And if, if I became convinced that KDB wouldn't play for one, if he gets injured tomorrow, for example, then it becomes a bit obvious, um, then maybe I could find myself doing that and kind of doing something else with Rashford if he does tend to turn out to be out. Or kind Yeah, of, if know, Rashford's fit, I'm probably selling Grealish to buy Bruno. Yeah, exactly. And you you because you probably you get two definite starts from Bruno versus only yeah. one for KDB. And you're not even just getting definite starts off Bruno, are you getting almost ninety minutes each time? Because he's just, you know, running to the ground all the time. Yeah, I mean, as I said, he's not really gone off yet, but the ceiling is definitely there. He's the yeah, second best definitely. second best for non GI over the last six. So it's it and it's, it could definitely happen. And there's even a case to as we've kind of both implied, like sell that city player to to get Bruno in. Um, I mean, I, I saw in a thread by Alex on Twitter. I mentioned him earlier uh, a couple of pods ago. He said that that Chelsea game for City is going to be a biggie. Um, but what's even bigger is that Arsenal versus Forest game because if we lose that game, the, the title's already gone. So yeah, they're, 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 champ- they're champions. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it, all hell basically breaks loose there. And it becomes a total crapshoot. And we won't know the Arsenal result obviously until after the deadline. So it's Buying a City player this week, um, all bets are off really in terms of the predictions and it is a, a blind crapshoot, effectively. Um, you're looking at maybe 120 minutes, if you're lucky, from any of your players. So you, mm. you're simply just kind of <laughs> closing closing your eyes and kind of trying to pin the nail, pin the tail on the donkey, aren't you, really, with the City players? Yeah. Yeah. It, doesn't, it just doesn't scream good play. But then I guess if you do come out of it with having bought Foden or bought Gundogan and you've kind of walked away with a 19-pointer, then you're going to proclaim that you're a genius. But it's, it's one yeah, week. I'm, I'm fairly confident one of them will haul. I just don't know how you work out which one it is. And, and that's the problem with it. So it just really depends on your appetite for risk, I think, around that. Um, and I think the, the flip side is that the Man United options, Bruno and Rashford, etc., they are so much more, more nailed because we know that Man United are pushing for that Champions League place. So They've still got a lot to fight for, so. I, mean, I don't. Too, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go not, I was going to say uh, the only, the only kind of problem I've got is if I don't want to take a hit, I've got Rashford and I've got 0.3 million in the bank, so I can't get straight to Bruno from Rashford. So I mean, regrettably, I've only got one kind of play there, which is um, Anthony. <laughs> Obviously not an investment. I love how you said that sort of embarrassed. I know. Like, oh, Anthony, yeah. Obviously not an investment, more of a one-week wonder if Rashford's not fit. He's the only player I can get to. Um, I did The data is actually oddly there 
because if you watch him play, he's incredibly wasteful, so it creates loads of data. <laughs> he's the third best XGI amongst United players this season. And then over the last six game weeks, he's top for non-pin XGI amongst, amongst midfielders, costing under 8.5 and fourth amongst midfielders over the last six. If you also, filter enough, you'll find the data. I know. I know. I'm just, I'm just kind of preempting what a load of Freds will say. Differential, differential. Um, second for attempts on goal over the last six and second for shots in the box as well over the last six. So it's basically a volume play. If it if he takes enough shots, he may well score some some points. Is basically what you do. But he's likely to probably start both games. Like start both games to get a lot of shots off as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I mean that that's that's literally what I do if um, Rashford's out because I it, and if I don't really because selling Salah to buy Salah back seems a bit odd. Um, or even though it does, I'm, it does make sense though, doesn't it? It does. But Anfield, Anfield, um, that's that's that surely is a recipe for disaster. Well, yeah, maybe. But I guess you know, it, it really depends. It's one of those where you know all bets are off in some ways, and the gloves are off in terms of making weird moves at this point. Yeah, like, that you is know, true. You, if you end up like some, with someone like Anthony in game week thirty-seven, that's okay. If you end up with him in game week twenty-five, that's not okay because you're you're kind of wait you <laughs> then you, you bought a problem. But if you buy a problem and the season's over next week, then cool, fine, whatever. Actually, actually if you thought Anthony was mad, I was looking at, um, I think one of the questions is, you know, a free hit team. I was looking at what FPL review liked for, for a free hit team and, and Sancho actually came up. So if you thought Anthony oh. was wild, that's that's a whole new level of wild. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. That was Kitan's chopper question. Can you discuss a free hit team, please? What would you have? Um, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's certainly certainly quite an interesting team you put together it really depends on uh, like your cash in the bank effectively i think um mm. I, d- I don't know did the hiring goal trent shaw has to pin at the back and then kind of five in midfield bruno matoma uh mcallister rashford slash anthony a city mid of some description. No, maybe not. Maybe 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 you sack it off and maybe go for Salah there. Um, and then Holland and Alvarez up front because you'd assume that Alvarez probably plays one in that weird number eight role he seems to be playing right now, despite being a number nine for Argentina. Um so you wouldn't be too excited by that. But there's something along those lines, maybe. I just I don't know. It's a it's a weird time to be free hitting. It is, and uh, we it also depends on that Rashford news because I had Edison in goal so that you could get sure Bruno and Rashford um, in outfield. But yeah, it was broadly the same line, the surest opinion on Trent. Bruno, potentially Rashford, Brighton. Um, a city punt of some kind. It's, it's very difficult to pin down who the right city attacker is, apart from Haaland. Alvarez is probably the, the best. You know, I said in previous years, uh, weeks that I think Alvarez kind of has his risk priced into him so he doesn't restrict your options elsewhere so if you want to use him for this one week you're not tied to him for 38 there are worse options I just think you need to take a punt there and and kind of make peace with the fact it might backfire horribly and you could end up with two 20 minute appearances yeah certainly I I just don't know I mean it it, outside of the the doubles it really does feel like proper kind of crapshoot territory doesn't it as well like you're not at this time of year, like, even though we always say, "Oh, yeah, it's it's just F- it's just kind of the, the FPL glasses are on," you're not going to be there buying a Pedro Porro for a dead rubber of Spurs versus Brentford or something like that. I mean, it's you know, it's it's very much kind of you're 
your free hit would still be kind of based around kind of optimizing the template, I think. I don't think there'll be that many sort of hits in, uh, uh, not hits, but that many punts in there, really. Like, you wouldn't be buying a Ben Rama or something and hope that West Ham and Leeds becomes a goal fest. That's just not, you know, it's, it's, it's something that you wouldn't do, I guess, if you're an engaged player at this time. So, yeah, a free hit around that, what we've kind of both mentioned, this sounds about right. Um, and captaincy, all the, right? I mean, just, it's difficult to, you can't really overthink it, can you? Badly. No. I, no. I think someone asked, didn't they, if there was any kind of zag captaincy picks? Yeah, it's Neil Kutsi, yeah. Uh, if you really are pushing, I would go for Bruno, but I just don't see why you would bother. <laughs> That's a bit depressing, but I just think this is not the week to zag because I think Harlem. I mean, it, 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 depends where, it depends where you are, though. Like, so if you're 300, 400k, like, what's the point of captaining Haaland? Like, I can well, understand yeah, exactly. But... Well, so you're like, just hoping that luck goes well, against. Luck well, goes because because you're either three hundred k, you're either your season ends three hundred k or five hundred k, and if you're kind of if you if you've been classically finishing around the hundred k top hundred k, and you're kind of down the doldrums, then it doesn't matter whether you finish three hundred or five hundred. It's still a bad season, right? So maybe you would captain a a Bruno and hope things go stratospheric. Maybe would it be even Bruno for you as your alternative. I, I don't know, maybe even like, well, it depends how, how bright they're looking, but maybe even a, a, a Matoma or a McAllister because you've got the Southampton game, which is a home game, and then you've got the, the City game again at home, which could be massively rotated City. I mean, that could prequisit yeah. a, a decent output. You yeah, McAllister on penalties as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, that that might be all right. Um, and or you go over Bruno or I don't know I I think that you you're really pissing into the wind really if you're captaining a City midfielder aren't you I mean that's yeah. that's really going hell Mary <laughs> yeah there you go there you go and and you plan for thirty eight yet um your final week playing FPL are you going to buy James Ward Prowse and captain him Are you sure <laughs> no I, I've got to stay true to my principles and also I. <laughs> just don't think there's much point i haven't actually got a plan for 38 yet i'm going to see how 37 comes out but it partly depends on that rashford news as to what direction i go in so i'm gonna hold fire on that one i think i'm possibly looking at arsenal assets just because i feel like i've missed out on them for a little while so i might go back there um but i haven't, I haven't really decided yet We're home versus wolves aren't we that day yeah um, yeah potentially Potentially, I always that I always. I mean, I'll look at the I'll look at the numbers for final days next week. But I always prefer the home teams on the on the home, on the final day. It's just something about it, and there's this kind of innate randomness about game week one, game week thirty eight. There's always something about those two game weeks which is always a bit crazy. So, hey, we shall see. Probably next week, and it is a week to go go mad. So, you know, Southampton's last home game in the Premier League, James Ward Prowse. Two free kicks. That's what's going to happen, Lucy. We've had more managers than home wins. That's a good good stat for you there. Well, <laughs> you don't have to sell us on that one. Right, oh, okay. Let's, uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about a couple of pieces of curio uh, while we're here. Um, just, just to kind of uh, uh, yeah, talk about random, other random stuff, I suppose. Um, because, hey, credit credits people who are spending two hours talking about Double Game Week 37, but... You're in the wrong place. Yeah, if that's what you want. No, we don't. Let's talk about full popcorn, full popcorn mode, though. <laughs> because oh, it's become, full popcorn mode has become like your favourite phrase I of just, the season. I just love it. Like I, it's the beauty of watching everyone else go mad over something, 
what you don't have to worry about it. It's 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 great. Like if you can keep your head while others around you are losing theirs, and you can be a woman, my daughter. Like it's, it's very like that. It's it's brilliant. The amount of popcorn gifts you sent me over over the year. But it's like I don't know. I trying to just explain kind of what this is, even though we've both kind of spoken about it a little bit. I feel like you sh- you should explain, given it's your like catchphrase. Well, you you're the one who came up with it. Did I? I think so. Yeah. If you look at popcorn, really? yeah, yeah. So. It's basically, well, so basically, it's been quite common um, over the course of the season for people to slightly lose their heads, particularly over double game weeks. And I think this is probably intensified because we've we've had just so many double game weeks this season. And you see over uh, various bits of content, mostly tweets, but but also I've seen a few podcasts running into it as well, um, that people basically just go mad for double game weeks. They panic a little bit about what they do and don't have and then talk themselves into oblivion about minus eights and minus twelves and how they might cover every single possible avenue. And Tom and I have made a little bit of a sport out of watching this madness unfold without actually doing anything about it because we're too boring. I think that's about right. Yeah, no, it's it's brilliant. It's it's just watching, as I said, everyone lose their minds about something which weeks which just don't deserve minds to be lost over. You know, I mean, maybe the last couple of weeks I should have been a bit more mind losy. <laughs> yeah, in hindsight, we missed a few opportunities. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but I, I mean, uh, we did say, didn't we, that these are weeks where you kind of the, the fixtures did stand up for that kind of scrutiny or that sort of level of in, or that sort of level of mania. But stuff like double game week twenty nine, when you saw people taking minus twelves for mediocre set of fixtures, just because it was a double. I I just found that to be hilarious, basically, and then it's kind of I guess the hype of everything that goes with with FPL these days, FPL content these days, that kind of so I said it just makes you feel like you're kind of sat on the sidelines eating popcorn, just watching loads of people go mad, uh, which and is it's certainly- actually crazy how an idea kind of gains momentum in the Twitter sphere. So you go from one guy to saying I'm going to take this minus eight for this player, and people being kind of slightly jovial about it and then it, it sort of seizes kind of attention it takes on life of its own and you see more and more people doing it and you think have I missed something and I think that's what's quite difficult about being a spectator is that you don't get sucked into it because you end up thinking oh. hang on have I missed something here like what's I'm just going to look at his data again What what's going on yeah have I missed something here no I haven't I think people there's just definitely an element of hysteria about this and all it tends to take is one individual, like one influencer, to say I'm doing this, and then you'll kind of slowly over the next kind of couple of hours see other people kind of, um, you know, either posting their teams that they've done this particular move or saying, "Oh, I'm really considering this now." And you're like, "Oh, really?" It's it's a fascinating sort of ethnographic petri dish of society, I guess, <laughs> as you see one idea sort of germinate and catch fire. Um, I love popcorn mode; it's great, and uh, sometimes as well, it can kind of be quite good if you're kind of I guess not sure on what you're going to be doing to you can kind of skin it the other way and kind of let everyone else freak out and then kind of go full casual effectively and just take the consequence or take the conclusion that everyone comes to after a long time of agonizing, like fully. So, and maybe I'll do that next year, like fully casualize myself across tranches of the season where we end up, if we end up with another kind of quite formulated one like this, just fully casualize myself, enter a Zen mode. Where I'm just like, okay, 
obviously i'll do if i'm doing the podcast i'll, I'll do that I'll, I'll do it and say it but all the complex stuff that other people work that out and then make the same decisions other people do and just just kind of there's so, so sitting back and laughing at everyone else there's also the element that's kind of just going with the flow and eating popcorn eating yeah. popcorn while watching out what how you and everyone else kind of goes and letting everyone else go mad or you're kind of like oh well i mean whatever we'll, we'll go with the flow and see what happens after this yeah i mean as much as i've complained about the influence of content creation and how we're all kind of following a, a template it has had advantages at points of the season where you know for example when those crazy fa cup results happened and it threw the the chip strategy into disarray i did get to the point where i was like well you know what I'll just let people look at these fixtures in more detail than I can bother to. And then I'll just do whatever they decided is the best idea. And I think sometimes just leaning into it is the best way of kind of conserving energy and just yeah. learning to enjoy the rest of life. I know. It's very against sort of where this, this pod started. But I feel like the. Prolifer- I know. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. No, but, but it's true, though. It's like the proliferation of content has kind of made things feel incredibly saturated, like to the nth degree now where it's just like you don't need that depth to for me to tell you that buying McAllister for March was probably the best option you didn't need to have a two-hour discussion of all the other options out there and go and deep dive into Willock versus McAllister it's kind of like really I mean yeah I mean it is what is one of those things isn't it and it may be kind of this notion of popcorn mode is quite an interesting one just because uh, next season for example thinking about me and mistress opinion and obviously that really annoyed me because i i think it's just it's not because i was ever considering buying him it's because obviously i was one of the earliest people to own him like all those points sold him, him sold him and didn't buy him back because i was kind of i think it was kind of i think it was overthinking a little bit and kind of feeling like i didn't want to ape the template and not buy him in you know and really sort of getting into that sort of headspace when really i could have entered this sort of popcorn mode and just gone yeah you know what i'm just gonna go that way and you know go with the flow and see what happens good or bad and it helps maybe this kind of notion to just kind of step back and not be kind of get caught up in your own head i guess um and overthink these sort of little moves which yeah okay um it is fairly uninteresting to do what everyone else is doing but equally, it's not uninteresting to be losing out those points and getting a red arrow. <laughs> so I, mean, I, think that, I think that that's the trade-off we've all been sort of going through a little bit this year. I mean, obviously, we had a we both had good starts, and our teams have basically been the same. I don't know whether we started this, whether it's just been how it's been, but we, we've our teams have basically been the same the majority of the season, apart from one or two players. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't think there'll ever be another season like this. I really don't. Um, but I mean, maybe it could be. I know it was probably too late for you, but if you are kind of disenfranchised or a little bit disengaged this season, it might be quite a good thing to think about. Just popcorn mode. I'm just going to see what happens with everyone else and let them have the arguments and make my own decision afterwards. Or I'm going to just let everyone have the arguments, see what the conclusion is and see if I go along with it. But it, it might be quite good to kind of help if you're... self Yeah, you just want to float along and dissociate yourself from the noise. Um, it's just whether with net with less doubles next year, and if there are other changes, it's maybe as prevalent. But I don't know. I, I find that was an interesting one, just to mention. <laughs> just basically, as I said, one curio. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a good idea, though. And I think what you're saying in terms of, I know you were frustrated by the whole dunk versus est opinion thing, but it's it's indicative of the way we've desperately tried to find ways to 
have like mini differentials. So you know yeah. you know you've got to cover a team, but you want to try and find a different way of covering it. And you know, if Duncan had come and scored a bullet header, we'd have all thought it was an inspired idea. And I think also there was a little bit of doubt about whether it's yeah, yeah. Game, so. I, I think it, yeah, oh, I think I it think was just it was a freak just... incident. No one expected to go on the assist off him, did they? I know, I know, but I mean, when I got him in, I was just saying, I was extolling the virtues of the fact the guy is like position resistant. Yeah, he's just he's popped. He doesn't up really like, care, does he? Where he yeah, runs, doesn't give a crap. Okay. He's just in, in in the middle. He's in the middle all the time, you know. Yeah. And I knew that because I bought him before, and I, that's why I bought him before. And it was like my initial observation. I was like, oh God's sake, you know. And he scored. It's like this. I knew this could happen. Obviously, it's a uh, quite an extreme case when it happens in a ninety plus minute against the team that I support, who that who used to be leading the league leaders. I mean, that that's very sort of heightened emotion around that, but. Yeah, it's definitely a moment where I was like, Ooh, right, calm down. You've got a nice house, beautiful daughter, lovely partner. Your life is great. Don't get too annoyed about this stupid fantasy football game. <laughs> um, very rare that I get annoyed about FPL, but hey, uh, I think maybe it's something I'll think about next year. And maybe like little decisions like that. And maybe it is a case of just kind of remembering those principles, just defaulting to, not defaulting to the herd as much, but if it's one where you don't need to differentiate, just don't. Like get the guy that scores the points rather than yeah. Yeah. Yeah, get the guy who just does the points. Yeah. I know I know one of the guys is quite big and stuff and he can chest down Anthony, but you know, hey, there we go. Um final thing this week is pivoting season goals. So with uh I don't know if I've no if I've mentioned but Estopinion's done loads of points and I didn't own him. Um, <laughs> with, with not owning Estopinion, I think my uh, pretend I'm not 18k. It's not too far to top 10k, but I, I think it's, I'm, I'm, I think those are points I'm never I'm not going to make back because my team is far too template. And it is sometimes around this sort of time you think about kind of pivoting your season and kind of where you are, what you can actually feasibly do. Um, I remember um, James from Planet. I don't know if he was asked this. Someone else asked this. Uh, he was saying that you know someone was saying, oh, I'm I'm kind of 20 a uh, hundred points down in my mini league. What could I could I feasibly catch the guy I'm chasing? But no, no, it's it's all over. Seriously, it's all over. And I think I I feel like it's the case for me, potentially definitely the top five k, probably the top ten k as well. I think I'm going to have to be kind of content to finish in the top twenty if I can make it. So I guess it, I'm kind of rethinking Lucy my final season goals, and I I noted the best opinions. I was making myself feel better, and that. Both my mini leagues that I do care about, none of the top four owned Est opinion, which was very nice. And it made me sort of think that maybe I changed my kind of strategy. And I'd really started doing this with De Gea last week from macro to micro. So screw OR, you know, don't worry about that as much. Think more about, think less about, I should say, what's the her going to do and think more about what's my rival going to do in both, in both those mini leagues. Uh, it made me sort of think a few things like a different typology of players as well in the middle league kind of crossed my mind like you've got your template player your Lucy who follows who maybe doesn't follow the content creators but she always kind of follows the template has a pretty sort of straightforward team you know what she's going to do week to week she's going to just follow what everyone else kind of does there's the one season wonder so the manager who's having the season of their lives and everything's come off and they they've got random picks random captains they're doing well and then you've got the Maverick, that unpredictable guy, takes big hits, doesn't follow the template, and ignores EO. I just anyone else in any league in, in, in sort of any league you're in that would be a, a different sort of 
typology of manager i think that's kind of pretty much it isn't it like your fpl follower yeah. i guess could be one yeah i think what i've noticed in in leagues that i'm playing in i kind of play in a wide variety of different leagues um not particularly kind of high stakes but some that are from kind of the twitter community or kind of highly engaged managers that have kind of historically always always done well and some that are kind of like office leagues or friends leagues or more casual leagues where i have noticed just how kind of prevalent particular moves and templates are in a way that they weren't before like these players weren't playing to a particularly high strategy standard and now we're suddenly doing that which which kind of indicates how widespread content consumptions become around FPL so I'm finding a lot of more casual leagues a lot more challenging this year than I was in previous years just because clearly people are watching YouTube or or reading things in a way that they weren't before so that's made my mini leagues a little bit more interesting a little tighter and to be honest looking at some of their teams now I'm like well you've probably played this better than I have so yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about that too much um I think I'm still at a point where I'm trying to maximize overall rank the cash league that I play in isn't particularly high stakes and I don't play in many leagues which I really care about there's no real kind of like bragging rights behind them so I and I don't I have done this intentionally because I don't really like the tension when you get to this point of the season, you go, ooh, should I be prioritising rank or, or, or league? So I think I'm probably going to stick with that. Um, maybe that's that's been my mistake all along because maybe mini-league play keeps the game fresher. Um, yeah. But given that everyone's engaged in content, maybe they're all becoming the same. Many Maybe mini-leagues and overall ranks will just overlap to such a point now that it doesn't really matter Os- osmosize into one yeah. homogenous blob um no it's it's really interesting i was out with the um personal story but i was out with the nct dads that's how cool i am on saturday in the pub and um, just before i got home for eurovision of course uh to to enjoy uh, I, whole love eurovision. I, 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 I love eurovision as well oh, seriously, okay. Okay. I've, 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 i'm a, a massive fan anyway and um, uh, diversity love inclusion are oh, all the things that i espouse and um, but um, i was out with nct dads and obviously we mentioned that i did do a podcast and it's about fantasy football and it was just amazing like i'm looking at everyone's teams and they are all like so in template like everyone like i was like do you, do you watch or listen to, i've never i've never heard of you never really heard of this um I, i've listened to the official i listened to the official podcast or you know I, there's this, uh, I, I saw this andy guy on twitter uh, that a friend recommended me like it's very sort of like you know, very kind of upper stratosphere level of fpl if that makes sense like very sort of outer reaches of fpl like the bigger names the biggest names is what they've seen and heard and they've got very sort of uh, the, the understand their understanding or engagement i should probably say understanding is obviously good engagement is obviously quite light but still massively template teams um, and you can definitely see that kind of the prevalence of kind of i guess what a, temp, a template player one of those typologies of rivals i mentioned in the mini leagues and I, i've seen less of like that one season wonder sort of individual like in the past you always saw like there's always kind of a, a day from accounting we'd be like oh yeah, i've had a massive week this week um i've i've captained um captain the chelso and he's scored a 15 point he's got 15 yeah, points yeah. Like, look, i had what? one of those i had one of those in one of my leagues and he lasted until the the world cup and now he's just fallen off a cliff because he just once the double game weeks came in and the kind yeah, of more yeah. advanced chip strategies Gone. came in, they just die. 
gone. My my cousin used to be like that as well. Just like he had one very very good season, was leading me all the way through. And it was just like, well, I'd start using fantasy football scout then. And you know, it's been the glory days when you know, there was actually an edge to being engaged and something like, right, I knew that there's a blank coming. So I made loads of points. I knew there was a double coming. So I wildcarded into the double and there's something like an 80 point lead became me leading by 10 points, something like that. So, but I think those days you are over. You can't do that anymore, can you? No, you definitely can't. Yes. But these maverick types are the worst, I think, if you're kind of trying to play FPL in a certain way. And that's kind of the way I seem to play, seem to kind of adopted playing this year and probably the way that you should be playing is what, is what I've learned from you, Lucy, I guess. <laughs> um, but it's, it's these sort of unpredictable types. So my, my main men league rival this week, he was he was quite a bit, he was quite a long way off because he... Um, I'm quite good from good from at work. He but he cat he um was taking like a minus sixteens, minus eights, like loads of things just to keep track of a template every week. Now he knows what he's doing. He's got an FPL kind of handle. I think he does some work for the scout as well. So you know, he knows what he's doing, but he he's quite a gambly sort of guy, just has no interest in EO, just just doesn't give a shit. Um takes massive hits. This week took a minus eight, brought in Wilson. Brought in Estepinian, um, and he's gone from like sixty points behind me to like just kind of. I think it, I think the gap's now twelve. So I mean, it's in, and next next week and he could now take he could take another hit for God knows what. So it's very much kind of like, do you, you kind can't of predict those players either? So you can't cover them. You don't know what he's going to do. That's the thing. But I mean, maybe you, he's a United. So it's kind of you kind of start getting psychology, don't you? So you think, all right, so this guy's a United fan. So I'm assuming that he's gonna probably look at buying maybe you know, get bruno um is he gonna does he have rashford yes probably yeah he does so how is he gonna do it sort of guy right he's gonna go for triple sort of united attack rather than go for a defender and probably take a minus eight on the way like so it's kind of very much about do you cover the move the player or do you cover do you kind of assume that by not taking the hit you're sort of on the law of averages which i term that i hate like just letting the guy sort of you letting them kind of make a noose for their own downfall that makes sense like it's uh, i mean uh, maybe I maybe it's, it's, a, it's a nice way of kind of ending the season perhaps to kind of have that end of season goal be something slightly different to where you are but i mean I, I guess for a lot of people now it's kind of there's the scope really isn't there is there to jump massively in some yeah. ways almost Wilson captaincy this week, maybe something we should give more credence to, was that that sort of move was perhaps your last, not your last chance, but your last sort of pick up for a layer of certainty of surrounding the player starting when Holland wasn't going to be the main captain. Like maybe it was sort of the last chance saloon for a big oh, jump yeah. in OR. <laughs> oh. Well, that was a positive note to finish off. I bet you're glad you're leaving now. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very happy. <laughs> uh, right, uh, just to, let's just reiterate quickly then. Charles and captains this week. Um, obviously waiting on Rashford's. Uh, any initial thoughts for you? Uh, well, obviously Harlan captain. Um, Bruno in one way or another. It just depends whether Rashford's the one that goes or Grealish is the one that goes. Okay. That's basically it. Okay, all right. I think uh, Salah, it's going to be, if Rashford's fit, Salah out, Bruno in, and I buy Salah back in 38. If he is not Fitz Rashford, then either I roll the dice and Anthony, or I take a minus four to buy Bruno. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know, because that means I sell K. I, the only way I can do that is selling KDB or selling Trent. Like, I, I just don't like either of those. So maybe I buy Anthony. I don't, I just don't know. I just hope that on, on the one week it would it pay off. I really don't know. Like, there's, there's just no. Just clarify. You're just you, you're hoping that Anthony covers Bruno. Yeah, no, I don't know because there's there's no there's no neat move that I can make if Rashford's out, um, other than selling Kevin De Bruyne for Bruno, and then I need to take, do another move to either shore up the Rashford spot, or I play Botman at home versus Leicester, or I play Henry. I don't know who they're playing, so I'd have to do another move anyway. If that makes sense. So I'm kind of I need that rush for spot to be taken by there are way to spurs on the Brentford. Yeah, so that's, that's probably not really what I want to be doing, even though I do um, think yeah. So it, it, it's it's either going to be a reluctant hit, if that makes sense. Um yeah, so if Rashford is out, then maybe and maybe I kind of would have to console myself with the idea that KDB won't play both games. We don't know. We've got no idea. And then in game week 38, Brentford's already a difficult game, so Bruno probably outscores me over the next three games. So, yeah, maybe I'll do that. I like how you're just trying to get yourself there now. If you start now and then by Friday, it'll feel painless. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I don't want to take another hit, though. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nice number. I'm a nice six. You know, that's, that's it. I'm done. You know, so it's okay. a nice, nice round number. <sighs> right. Well, that's your lot. Um, we'll be back for our penultimate pods of the season early next week. Obviously, looking at the last game week of the season. Uh, sorry, we're again we end up on a Tuesday, but them's the breaks in these different times for me, at least as a new dad. Thanks for listening. We were Who Got the Assist. Uh, you can find Tom at on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL, and you can find me at Lucy Heinick with two T's. If you enjoyed listening to this, please like and subscribe to the podcast. For new listeners out there, if you think you'll be coming back, please hit that five-star rating across platforms like iTunes and Spotify so more people can enjoy the pod. So yeah, that's it for the anti-penultimate pods. I know those people will be like, oh, stop using that phrase, man. It just makes you sound, it's, you're trying to sound clever. I just love, you know, it's, it's, a good, it's a good word. It's there, third from last. I love the pretentious word, come on. Anti-penultimate, it's beautiful. Um, two to go. I uh, hope this is you. Have a good week. Although not too good a week as the opinion owners. And, uh, yeah, very I'll good. Speak, speak to you very soon. Goodbye. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Podcast Network.